A terrific Tuesday to each of you, and welcome to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are, wherever you are listening, and wherever you are watching, you are having a wonderful start to your Tuesday. The Memphis Grizzlies are getting another needed day off. However, they are now 2-1 and one on the season and a very successful start to the season. A top five offense to go along with the bottom five defense. What is working? What is a work in progress? And what areas are sustainable? We'll look at all that in this edition of the Locked On Grizzlies, po Grizzlies podcast. Here we go. You are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So the NBA is now officially a week into its season, and it's been a lot of fun, and certainly hope you were having a lot of fun. You can find the show at Locked on Grizz, myself at Stats SAC, the podcast wherever it's available, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the Odyssey app, wherever you enjoy podcasts, that's where it will be. We're also right here on YouTube. My name's Sean Coleman. I'm a credential media member with the Grizzlies, covering the Grizzlies now for my fourth season. Your host here at Locked on Grizzlies, your Grizzlies, Every single day. If you listen to the podcast, listen, subscribe, review. If you watch the video on YouTube, hello, and make sure that you subscribe below. Let's us know you like the show. Let's others who like the show find the show and makes the show as good as possible for everyone involved. And we also want to thank you for making Locked On Grizzlies your first listen of the day. But make sure you check out the Locked On podcast, NBA podcast as well. Free for wherever you can get either YouTube shows or podcasts, the latest news around the NBA, all the reaction to all the great things going on each and every night. Make sure you check out the daily edition of the Locked On NBA podcast. So the Grizzlies are now 2-1. and one on the season. They had a you know pretty convincing victory against Cleveland, though it was a, a bit more of a struggle, or excuse me, a bit more competitive than some may have expected. They were able to get a victory, hold off the Clippers on Saturday night, and then had a very good showing against the Lakers, just could not get enough points and stops on Sunday night. But what stands out about this Grizzlies team, though, we're only three games into the season. So for all the numbers that you know are about to be looked at, do keep that in mind. It's very much a short sample size. A lot of these numbers are either going to regress in a good way or a, in a good way or not so good way, as is expected. Things are going to regress to the mean in time. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't enjoy these numbers Why? while we have the chance. Obviously, for years, decades even, this Grizzlies team has been known as defense. Defense has been the mantra of the Grizzlies. It was the defining characteristic of the Grit and Grind series, and even last year, being able to you know, be among the league's best at creating turnovers, finishing in the top 10 with whatever metric you look at in the league in defense, this Grizzlies defense, in my opinion, I preached it quite a bit, and I still think that it holds true. A key to this Grizzlies team performing to the level that it wanted to perform to was it having a top 10 defense. But it's the offense that is carrying the Grizzlies' success, carrying that water pill of success right now for Memphis. Just look at these numbers. Just, just for the sake, let's just take a peek of them and have fun with it. Right now, the Grizzlies entering into the game before the games on Monday night. They are second in the league in points. They are sixth in the league in field goal percentage. The Grizzlies, the Memphis Grizzlies right now, are tied for eighth in the league in three-pointers made per game 
and they are tied for or they're fifth in the league in three-point shooting, but uh, in three-point percentage per game. But another really fun trait uh, characteristic: the Grizzlies are actually first in the league right now when it comes to field goal percentage, and in terms of rebounds, they are tied for fifth in the league. So they are top five across the board when it comes to key to th statistical areas of the of any aspect of basketball. Points, shooting the ball in general, shooting the ball from three, shooting free throws, rebounds, all those different things. As a matter of fact, the key statistic that we usually look at when it comes to the Memphis Grizzlies, they're seventh in the league right now in assists. That actually is a bit of a regression itself from what we've seen over the past few years. And one of the reasons why is because it's been a better than expected start for this Grizzlies team at creating their own shots. Obviously, John Morant averaging 35 points a game, seven assists, shooting 56% from the field. Clearly the criteria of the player that should have been named Western Conference Player of the Week over Steph Curry. The stats back it up. This is not biased. This, in my opinion, is based in stats. John Morant should have been your Western Conference Player of the Week. That's a story for another time. But the key thing is this, is that with John Morant playing at an all-NBA potential MVP candidate level, this Grizzlies offense truly is playing like a top-five offense in the NBA. And this is not something that we've never seen. This is not unprecedented under Taylor Jenkins. I wrote about it over at Grizzly Bear Blues, talked a lot about it here on Locked on Grizzlies back in April. When the Grizzlies started off the month of April so hot from three, they finished the month of they finished last April with the most productive offensive month in franchise history, a top five offense overall, a top five offense shooting the three. And we see it once again. We saw it how good this team was in the preseason, and they're doing it once again as the regular season begins. And it's not just John Moran. As I had mentioned, the Grizzlies right now are, are fifth in the league in three-point field goal percentage. And I mentioned it before the start of the season. If you go back to the uh, beginning of the late August, I did this, or excuse me, late August, early September, I did a series called A Quest for a Thousand Threes. And I mentioned that I felt this roster was the deepest three-point shooting roster the Grizzlies have ever had the ability to feature. And the early numbers certainly suggest that. For instance, in the franchise history of the Grizzlies, there have been 10 occurrences by nine different players. Mike Miller's done it twice. There have been 10 occurrences by nine different players in the history of the Grizzlies franchise in which a Grizzlies player has made eight or more threes in the first three games for the team in a specific season. In the opening three games of any of the 26 seasons the Grizzlies have been, or 27 seasons the Grizzlies have been ex in existence so far, there's only been 10 occurrences where a player has hit eight or more threes in the season's opening three games. Four of those 10 occurrences are happening right now. Desmond Bain, DeAnthony Melton, Jaron Jackson Jr., and John Moran. And we're saying this without even including Dylan Brooks, who obviously is injured. But my point is this goes to show that this Grizzlies team truly does have the best three-pointing depth of any Grizzlies team in franchise history. And for that reason, that's why we really could see this team once again under Taylor Jenkins and under a full 82-game schedule rewrite the offensive record books when it comes to past Grizzlies teams, when it comes to Grizzlies franchise history. They're shooting the three well. 
They obviously have a free-flowing offense that's balanced John Morant's ability to get into the lane, do what he needs to do at the rim. That makes the defense have to respect him and thus opens up the opportunity for the Grizzlies to get those desired high-percentage looks from distance that they're wanting to receive. Now, the big question is, with how successful Jaws being, with how successful Bain and Melton have been, with how successful and efficient Steven Jackson has been, the flashes Jaron Jackson Jr. has shown, what if this is sustainable? Well, I think it may be more sustainable than people might think. I don't think that John Morant is going to be putting up 35 points and seven assists a game. I certainly hope he does. I would love for that to be the fact. My point is it's just very rare that that's occurred in NBA history. I also am not convinced that this Grizzlies team is a top 10 offense. Now, if it wants to be a top 10, if it wants to be close to at the top 12 when it comes to shooting the three, they could be. This team was a league average offense last year while it was a bottom 13 when it came to shooting the three. If the Grizzlies want to be one of the best two-point scoring teams in the NBA and they support that with the league average three-point shooting ability, you certainly could have an offense that could start pushing being among the top 10 in the league. I'm not necessarily sure that occurs because I'm sure some player starts will regress a bit. But the point that I'm trying to make is this, is that as the Grizzlies go game by game, as the success that they saw in the preseason continues to carry over further and further into the regular season. That's more and more reps that this Grizzlies team has playing together at a very elite level. And the more times, the more time they spend doing that, the easier it's going to be for them to repeat. So no, I'm not saying the Grizzlies are going to be top five across the board in offense for the rest of the season. But I'm going to say that we could potentially see on a more frequent basis than we had expected this Grizzlies team to perform like a top five or a top 10 offense more this season than many had thought, especially if John Morant remains at an all-star or all-NBA level. So yes, numbers are going to regress to the means. So individual players, they're going to fall off a bit as the league makes adjustments and the Grizzlies have to adjust back. That's just how it works, especially for a young team. But it certainly is encouraging to see how successful right out of the gate, especially being on some big stages on the road, how successful and consistent so far this Grizzlies offense has been. It's a lot of fun to watch. And as we know, it's needed for teams that really want to make a run and also look to make a statement when it comes to the playoffs. Again, I don't think the Grizzlies are going to keep this up all season, but the more, the longer this type of success goes on offensively, it's going to be easier for them to repeat that when they need to, even if it's just stretches of a certain game more than it is game after game after game. If the Grizzlies can continue to let Jaw do what he needs to do in the lane, can continue to support him shooting the three and supporting each other with good passing and communication, you really could see this potentially become arguably the best offensive team in the history of the Grizzlies franchise. I won't make that guarantee just as of yet, but they're certainly off to a good start when it comes to this Grizzlies team, especially with how young it is and how free-flowing and just enjoyable these players seem to have playing each other. It's only going to get better once Dylan Brooks is back. But the return of Dylan Brooks is not so much needed on offense as it is on defense. As good as the offense has been for the Grizzlies, the defense certainly has raised a little bit of concern. You know, obviously it's early in the season. You feel that this Grizzlies defense is going to get better in time, but the return of Dylan Brooks certainly will help that 
here in the near future. But I'll tell you this, when it comes to overall, your ability to want to return to a simpler life when it comes to watching sports on TV, the thing I can tell you is direct TV stream. It's a great, it's a simple way for you to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way for you to get your TV back together. It, on direct TV stream, it brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports movies and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can you can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Of course, we want to thank you for making Locked On Grizzlies your first listen of the day. But I highly encourage you to make the Locked On MLB podcast your second listen of the day. And you want to know why? This reason right here. I wish that I could do this right. This reason right here. That's the reason why you need to make the Locked On MLB podcast, Locked On Braves, and Locked On Astros your second listen of today. As tonight, Game 1 of the World Series starts featuring... Yours truly favorite team, the Atlanta Braves against the Houston Astros. Really excited, hoping for a big Braves victory, but overall, it's definitely going to be an exciting series. So make sure you follow all the action. After you listen to Locked On Grizzlies, check out the Locked On MLB, Locked On Braves, and Locked On Astros show for the latest on the Fall Classic and what should be an exciting matchup. Well, the great thing about the Grizzlies is, is that with how good their offense has been, every matchup that they play in is exciting. This team is second in offensive rating entering last night's game overall. But unfortunately, with as good as this team has been, when it comes to offense, they've been just as bad, you could almost say, when it comes to defense. Now, the thing about it is this, is that if the Grizzlies are going to start off in, in, in a you know less than ideal way, I would much rather it be on defense than I would be on offense. Because I feel that if we're talking about regressing to the mean and you expect for the offense to go down a bit as defenses adjust and teams make adjustments and things like that, I would say that you also should just as much expect this Grizzlies defense to make their own adjustments and regress to a mean in the positive way. Positive regression, progression, whatever you want to call it. But right now, this Grizzlies team certainly leaves a lot to be desired when it comes to their defensive approach. They're 29th in points allowed through three games into the season. They also are 28th in opponent's field goal percentage. They are 23rd when it comes to uh, the um, uh, opponent's three-point percentage. Excuse me, 27th in opponent's three-point percentage. And so teams are having a lot of success being able to find offensive rhythm against the Grizzlies, especially when it comes to shooting the three. We saw it on Wednesday against the Cavaliers. The Grizzlies allowed the Cavaliers to make six of their first 11 shots. They made an adjustment, calming the Cavaliers down, but the, the, but the Cavaliers did make six more, six of their final 11 shots. And that's why they were able to get back in the game. The Grizzlies were allowing too many open threes, and the Cavaliers were taking advantage of it. Well, the same thing happened against the Clippers. The Gr Clippers got off to a good start shooting the three. The Grizzlies made an adjustment to stop it. But late in the game, Paul George could not be stopped when it comes to shooting from distance. That's why the Clippers were able to hang around. And then, of course, last night, third time was unfortunately the charm. The Los Angeles Lakers were 16 of 30 from three, including Carmelo Anthony, who was six for eight. He was the he was the difference maker. I don't necessarily know if I'll call him the best player on the court because John Morant existed last night, but he was the reason why 
the Lakers were able to beat the Grizzlies because the Grizzlies could not stop the three-point shot. And that, once again, stands up as being another area where the Grizzlies are going to have to be consistent. It's another area where the Grizzlies are going to have to do a better job of consistently contesting opponents' three-point shots. But the even more surprising thing, besides the three-point defense, the Grizzlies are 28th in turnovers forced per game. So the bread and butter, what has made this team so successful under Taylor Jenkins, creating turnovers, getting out on the run, scoring, right now it's not there for Memphis. But the crazy thing is, is that with how the good the Grizzlies' offense has been, it's amazing that they've been able to do it without the support of getting extra possession and extra points off turnovers. So you have to really focus on the fact that if the Grizzlies' offense, if it were to start to slack back a little bit, Due to regressing, Jaw doesn't score as much per game. The three-point shots, that, that percentage starts to fall just a bit. Defenses adjust. Things become a little bit harder to find success on offense. Well, if the Grizzlies are currently 28th in creating turnovers per night, you have to feel that with their personnel, that's something that will certainly change in time. So if the overall offense by itself were to start to dwindle down a bit, if the turnovers being forced per game for the Grizzlies were to also get back to norms and go back up a bit, that could raise the offense back up because now you're having the extra outlet of offense from extra possessions due to the Grizzlies creating turnovers. So that is another way in which you could see this Grizzlies team be able to sustain their success when it comes to offense in terms of being an above average offense is even if fewer shots start or if even if fewer shots are falling as the as we go into the future the grizzlies can make up for that by having easy look at the baskets as they start to create more turnovers per game so that's why i'm saying that if there is a way you wanted the grizzlies to start the season it was hot offensively and struggling a bit defensively because the other thing that certainly stands out is that when dylan brooks comes back a lot of the grizzlies issues on defense. They're not necessarily solved, but they certainly are helped out quite a bit. You're not going to have Paul George having as easy a time scoring 41 points against the Grizzlies. You're not going to have as many Grizzlies players trying their best to help do Dylan Brooks' job with him being out as when he's back, because then they'll be able to focus on staying disciplined and contesting shots from three. That is what occurs when it comes to the Grizzlies' defense going forward. They are going to get back to, in time, without a doubt in my mind, their strength of creating turnovers on defense and that leading to offensive, good offensive looks on, or looks on the fast break for them to convert. And when Dylan Brooks comes back, the Grizzlies are going to have their first line of defense back when it comes to making life tougher for the game's best perimeter scorers based on whoever the Grizzlies are playing that night. So yes, it's been a disappointing start to the season when it comes to the defense. Yes, in my opinion, there are too many open threes being left available for the opposition. That certainly is something that needs to get better with rotations or awareness, communication, whatever needs to change for that. The Grizzlies do have to make sure, especially tomorrow night against the Trailblazers and then the following night against the Warriors, the Grizzlies are going to quickly have to get much better 
at their perimeter defense in order to contest the three. But if the Grizzlies can do that, which they showed the ability to do as last season progressed, and they can get back to being an above-average team when it comes to creating turnovers, not only should the defense itself improve, but as a result, a cause-and-effect situation, the defense causing turnovers, causing fast-breaks opportunities, the offense should get deeper as well to maintain its success. It's all about how both sides of the court feed off each other. And with the fact that many of the most important Grizzlies have been in Taylor Jenkins' system for more than two years now, they understand that completely. And so you have to have a lot of faith in those players getting back going when it comes to their defensive prowess and things should take care of itself, especially once Dylan Brooks is back. But it's not just offensive defense that's standing out for this Grizzlies team. The other thing that certainly stands out as well is that the Grizzlies' secret to their success, much like the end of last year, is the starting lineup's production versus the bench. We had talked about it. I had talked about it quite a bit. I felt that the Grizzlies' bench unit this year certainly could stand out among its peers in the NBA. However, just like the defense can be positively impacted when Dylan Brooks comes back, Dylan Brooks' return also could create a cure for the bench to become much better than it has been so far this season. Obviously, though, when it comes to you wanting to find the best bets, wanting to find who to bet on, who to get better, who may decline, whatever it may be, when it comes to betting and wagering on sports, the one place for you to go is betonline.ag. We're back at Better Than Ever, and that's BetOnline.ag with a new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On From basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline has you covered. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports. Check out BetOnline.ag today. Another thing that I can tell you is that if you feel the Grizzlies getting back on track with their defense is a reliable belief to have, I can tell you that another thing to believe in when it comes to you needing to find the right way to repair or update your auto parts, it's rockauto.com. It's an amazing selection, reliably low prices is their motto, and for good reason. No matter the part that you need or the make a motto it's there that it goes to, rockauto.com is likely to have it. And this is a family-owned business. They've been in business for over 20 years. They know that car parts and repairs typically fall out of budget, so they try to make things as cost-effective as possible. When you visit rockauto.com, let them know the Locked On Podcast Network sent you. rockauto.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts you ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. On tomorrow's episode of the Locked On Grizzlies podcast, we're going to preview the Grizzlies game against the Portland Trailblazers and also look at the early season success of Steven Adams as well as the history, recent history, that's been there between Portland and Memphis. Two fun rivalry, two fun rivals that we've seen go at each other plenty of times over the past 18 to 24 months. All that and much more on tomorrow's edition of the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. So we discussed the Grizzlies' offense in the first segment, how it is among the league's best right now. And while that may not be sustainable, each and every game that the Grizzlies play at that type of level, it becomes easier to at least be considered an above-average offense moving forward. And if the Grizzlies can have that and can start to see their defense get better, you've got the makings of a very good playoff team. But another aspect of the game where the Grizzlies have had clear success 
but also a bit of struggles, is the difference in production between the Grizzlies' starters so far this year and the bench. We saw that in the preseason. When Ja, Desmond, DeAnthony, Jaron, and Steven Adams were on the court together, they absolutely annihilated teams. Were so productive when it came to how consistent they were at creating offense. And thankfully, that certainly has now spilled over into the regular season. When it comes to the Grizzlies, and it comes to their starters so far this year, here is where the Grizzlies starting unit ranks going into last night's game among all NBA starting units in the league. Among starting lineups in the NBA, the Grizzlies produce the most points per game. They have the second highest field goal percentage. They have the second highest three-point percentage. They have the third highest field goal percentage. And when it comes to rebounds, they are 10th in rebounds and assists. They are tied for third. That's how good this Grizzlies starting offense has been. They have been among the best. They have truly been a top five starting unit in the NBA so far this season. And it's because they work so well together. Obviously, everybody knows what John Moran is capable of. And he's exceeded those expectations with his success so far this season. But Steven Adams showing his scoring, offensive rebounding, and facilitation ability, leading the league in offensive rebounds, being a very big impact for the Grizzlies in terms of creating possessions advantages for them in games. He's played his part well. And then, of course, with Jaw Storen as the main scorer and also the main playmaker, and Steven Adams being a supporting cast member when it comes to secondary scoring and playmaking, you then finally have Taylor Jenkins' overall idea of what he wants this offense to look like to support Jaw and Steven. He has Jaron, Melton, and Bain out there as multiple threats when it comes to their offense, but especially being able to shoot the ball from three. That's why this offense has been even better this year than it was last year, because straightforward, this starting lineup for the Grizzlies is playing with more natural talent than the starting lineup last year. For the Grizzlies did. That includes talent that now has a year of success under its belt or, in Jaws' case, is going into its third season, so you expect obvious progression. So this Grizzlies starting lineup has been absolutely outstanding, and it's been so surprising because it's the Grizzlies bench that has a lot more continuity in, its, in and of itself than the Grizzlies starting lineup does. With Desmond Bain and DeAnthony Melton being new starters, Jaron Jackson Jr. coming off a nearly season-long or a nearly all-season-long injury, and Stephen Adams also being new. But with Jaw playing the way he is, and this uh, build, this offense being so in sync, supporting each other with good passing, good looks, good shooting, confident pull-up ability. One other aspect of this offense that has really stepped up is the Grizzlies' ability to create their own shots. That also has certainly helped their offense as well. But even despite the fact that the chemistry has not been building for years, or the a lot, a lot of these players are in new roles, or in Stephen Adams' case, a new place altogether, and playing together, the fact that it doesn't seem like they should makes it even more surprising than they actually are. So the Grizzlies' offense, or the Grizzlies' starters, playing like they are, creating the creating the advantages that they do on a consistent basis. It certainly has been a lot of fun to see, and it's a big reason why this Grizzlies team has had the early season success it has. But on the flip side, I think that to me, perhaps the most surprising development in this early season so far when it comes to the Memphis Grizzlies is how much the Grizzlies bench has struggled this season. Right now, 
They're 25th in field goal percentage. The Grizzlies bench is 25th in field goal percentage among NBA reserve units. Even more surprising with how well Desmond Bain, DeAnthony Melton, Melton, and others shot the three last year. This Grizzlies bench also, as a team, is one that certainly has been struggling from three. They rank 26th in three-point field goal percentage so far this season as well. So this Grizzlies bench, despite the fact that you see stretches where they're playing well, they certainly have struggled in areas where we thought they may improve, such as scoring efficiency, such as defense, creating turnovers, what have you. Overall, the Grizzlies bench has definitely struggled this year. However, it again comes back to Dylan Brooks coming back. And at that point, seeing Desmond Bain or DeAnthony Melton go back to the bench, and now you have either Bain or Melton plus Tyus Jones and Kyle Anderson, all, you know, Anderson and uh, Tyus Jones, veterans themselves, obviously both Bain and Melton having multiple years under Taylor Jenkins' system. If you can get that type of trio off your bench, I think the bench is another area that certainly should improve in time. So there's a big gap so far, obviously, in the success of the Grizzlies' offense versus their defense, in the Grizzlies' starters versus their bench. But the key thing is, is which of this is sustainable? Again, I don't think that the Grizzlies are going to be top five or bottom five really in anything this year. But if the Grizzlies offense can continue to put performances together like it has so far this season, you have an offense that clearly can be above average. And if the Grizzlies defense can get their main, their leader, their main contributor back in Dylan Brooks and also get back focused on creating turnovers and getting the Grizzlies out on the run, that's another way where the defense improving can make the offense have an easier time sustaining success. It's certainly something that we all look to see happen, and it's going to happen in time. But early indications that the offense can stay successful while the defense continues to get better, that is certainly something to see. And you feel that once Dylan Brooks gets back, he makes it even more likely to occur on an immediate basis. Can't thank you enough for joining this edition of the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. You can find the show at Locked On Grizz. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button below when it comes to the YouTube channel. Thanks so much. Tomorrow, we'll be back with you previewing the Grizzlies game against the Trailblazers and also discussing a lot of fun in these two teams' recent history playing in big games. That and much more on tomorrow's edition of the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. Have a great day.